the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. The only question I have, Squirrel, is will the debt be $34,500,000,000 by Monday or Tuesday? Because the beat goes on. Spending ourselves into oblivion. And let's ignore all of the bank for, banks that are laying off people. J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs. Let's ignore the thousands of people that have been laid off from U.S. Foods and UPS. And Pick a major American employer. Pick one. Because the only one that's hiring is the G. The corrupt gangster government. They're hiring. Oh, and they are. Because they have to cut more people in on the scam. And that's why you are the bad guy. And the virtuous, deadbeat, welfare roach, that's the one who deserves your money. Even if they got here Thursday, they deserve housing and clothing and food because they're needy. You, you're greedy. And they're hoping what you don't understand is that the Leviathan is working in sync. I want you to see if you notice anything here. I was in Michigan. In 2012, Michigan was a bright light. They were winning seats up and down the ticket. They passed right to work. They were doing amazing. Since Donald Trump became president, they lost the governor's mansion, they lost the state house, they lost the state senate. Now, do you think that this moron who doesn't know what the Civil War was about can answer a simple question and uh, had a liaison with her, with her uh, biographer? Do you think that this moron figures out the fact that uh, those, those wheels were in motion long before Donald Trump even decided to run? Because what she said was 2012. And what happened then was the organized syndicate called the labor movement really got going. Oh, they really did. And they put a lot of rat Democrats in very important positions, kind of like Illinois or New York or New Jersey. But she's going to blame Donald Trump. From Michigan, I went to Minnesota. The exact same thing. From Minnesota, I went to Colorado. No Republican has gotten over 45 percent statewide since Donald Trump became president. That's something that that was interesting to me, that percentage, 45%, because I had heard it somewhere before. Do you know where I heard it, Squirrel? Do you know about the kid sniffers? They're called the Lincoln Project. You know about the kid sniffers, right? Riddled in all kinds of scandals with young children, sick, sexually frustrated weirdos, weirdos. That that George Conway is, is a principal of the Lincoln Project, and I knew I had heard that before. Why can't you get over 75%, Donald? Joe Biden does. Both Biden and Trump won, but President Biden is winning by significantly more. Why do you have so much trouble getting it up? (laughs) Your numbers, I mean. They change. Yeah, well, they're all freaks. This Lincoln Project, these are the never Trumper kid sniffer freaks. And you know which one is George Conway, right? He makes Wayne Newton look like John Wayne. 
Changed the entire primary process to make it easier for you to dominate, and you're still coming up short. A whole lot of Republicans already think Joe Biden is a better choice. After all, he's stronger than you on the border. Better on. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, if you happen to know one of these low-life scum, never Trumpers, your only real question should be: Are you a kid sniffer too, like the Lincoln Project boys? Fence and security. Your campaign's broke. Your super PAC is broke. I mean, even the RNC is broke. You owe so much money, Donald. Money you don't have and can't get. What? Why did you even run? What is... What are you trying to prove? That you can lose worse than last time? It's time to face the facts, Donald. America just isn't into you. Now, these Republican scum like Nikki Haley are the same people who prefer Joe Biden, which is why they get their talking points from the Joe Biden administration. And if there's any question, this is from KJP, the affirmative action lesbian who has never made over $200,000 a year, but somehow is miraculously worth $14 million because she's the spokes idiot for the mafia. With support. Shaming people for not acting. He's also not acting. I'm so sorry. That is so false. He has taken action. He has taken action. Republicans rejected it because of the last president. That is not is what is going on here. It isn't. I mean, they told on themselves. Republicans told on themselves and said that the former president told them to not move forward with the bipartisan border patrol deal. Republicans told on them. What are you in third grade? I understand that she's a moron, an affirmative action idiot. But what do you mean told on themselves? Donald Trump, did, I don't know if he told anybody anything. It doesn't matter. They're representatives. They're congressmen. And the reason that they didn't support it in unison is because some of them understand the frecking debt, unlike you, moron. They told on executive action you can take. We're saying that the best act, the best way to move forward is legislation. That's with any issue. The best way to move forward is legislation. Put that into law. And we have a bipartisan agreement that would do that. By the way. No, it wouldn't. The bipartisan agreement just gives money to the Ukraine. That's all it does. It pays off the Stefan Bandera boys, the Azovs, the Nazis. Oh, I'm sorry, squirrel. These are bombastic. Isn't it a bombastic opening, right? Well, I can uh, I can prove every allegation. For instance, let's go to the Lincoln Project. Kid sniffers. Now an update on a story we called the Lincoln Project. Last October, we reported how veteran Republican strategists and ad makers outraged with then-President Trump, trained their skills against the incumbent president and his Senate supporters. Now the Lincoln Project has been beset with scandal and controversy. John Weaver, one of the project's founders who appeared in our story, has been accused of sending unwanted, inappropriate sexual texts to more than 20 men, some of them on the Lincoln Project staff. John Weaver has left the organization. Several other founders have left as well amid accusations that they knew about Weaver's harassment. Now, 60 Minutes, they don't like Donald Trump, too. So they didn't really give you the story of just how young they were 
These creepy bastards, never Trumpers scum. Lincoln Project, a political action, action committee of current and former Republicans against former President Donald Trump, is denouncing the group's co-founder, John Weaver. This is because of allegations he sexually harassed young men looking to break into politics. One of the alleged victims told the New York Times he was 14 when Weaver harassed him. 14? What are you, a Democrat, you filthy animal? And by the way, this particular founding member of the Lincoln Project, he makes George Conway look like a little girl compared to him. And if you look at the founding members that all disappeared, there's only one left. And that's the never-Trumper scum George Conway, who's in charge of the current ads. Now, that's just my allegation of the Lincoln Project. Now, let's move on to Stefan Bandera, boys. As we discussed last night in some detail... Uh, what we are talking about would amount to essentially isolating Russia completely from the global financial system with all of the fall. Oh, you don't know who this is, Well, That's Victoria Nuland. She looks like she works out with J.B. Pritzker. She's a little bit more masculine, just as round. And Victoria Nuland has been working on this project since George Soros was a seed money investor back in the very, very late 90s, early 2000s. Victoria Nuland now still is consulting on exactly what's happening in the Ukraine. This is when she admits to colluding to blowing up Nord Stream 2. ...that that would entail for Russian business, for the Russian people, for their ability to, to work and travel and trade. Uh, and we are looking at the full suite of options. Oh, yeah, this is before the so-called invasion. This is the declaration of economic war launched by America. This is what you're supposed to ignore, because it's all about uh, Ihor Kolomoisky, also known as Ukraine. Um, I think in the in the context of the diplomacy that we are doing and the work that we're doing internally, I was gratified to have a chance to go through some of those specific measures in the classified session yesterday. Um, but going beyond that in this open session, I think um, doesn't um, help us get from here to there. But we every everything is on the table, I would say, if, if that is helpful. You know, what makes that funny squirrel is that she's 350 pounds. Everything's on the table. You see fatsos. They never take anything off the table. One thing that I believe certainly the Senate Foreign Relations Committee is pretty unified on, it may not be unanimous, was our support for sanctions against uh, Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And that, I think we were all, many of us were very disappointed that uh, those sanctions were not fully implemented and the construction continued. Um, I can't think of a, a more powerful way to punish uh, Russian aggression than by rolling back what progress has been made and if at all possible, uh, prevent the Nord Stream 2 from ever being completed. Uh, is that something that is being discussed with allies? Is that something that's being contemplated? Absolutely. And as, if, as you recall from the July U.S.-German statement, that was very much uh, in that statement that if that any moves Russian aggression against Ukraine uh, would have a direct impact on the pipeline, and that is our expectation and the conversation that we're having. So again, direct impact is one thing, but I, I'm, I'm literally talking about rolling back the, the, the pipeline. And I, you can loosely define that, but I mean taking action that will prevent it from ever becoming operational. And they did. They blew it up, creating one of the largest ecological disasters known to mankind and have never paid a dollar for it. It was the infrastructure of not just Russia, but Germany, who has had massive energy costs. That's just the energy sector. What about the bioweapons? 
Does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Uh, Ukraine has a biological research facility. Yes, squirrel, it's the same fatty, Victoria Newland. Facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. What I think got some people fired up is when she said, we're worried that the Russians will get a hold of these facilities, because that implies that there's something in those facilities dangerous. So I don't know if you could shed some light on how it can... How Do you think it was COVID-19 or the vaccine? I think the vaccine's more dangerous. Either way, not good. There can be things in the lab that are dangerous, but they not be weapons labs. Yeah, all I would all I would say, Senator, is that, you know, that the danger here, it seems to me, is the capacity the Russians have developed and that they've used in the past and their, you know, interest in crying, trying to create false narratives here as well. Um, to the best of my knowledge, well, you have to be careful about, you know, any of those substances you've you've talked about, which you see in public health or research systems around the world for civilian purposes. Well, you have to be careful about that. That is in no way akin to the kind of threats that would be posed by, you know, weapons research and development or weapons facilities. But you never told us what was in there. But it came out, the news came out, and nobody blinked. Here are the undeniable facts. There are 25 to 30 U.S.-funded biolabs in Ukraine. According to the U.S. government, these biolabs are conducting research on dangerous pathogens. That doesn't make you feel good, does it, Squirrel? Me either. In the meantime, let's wrap all of this money laundering scheme and keep this system going where it's our government that blew up the pipeline. It's our government that was funding biological weapon labs in the former Soviet Union long after George Soros became an investor there in the 90s. In the meantime, who exactly are they? Thousands of Ukrainians have marched through central Kiev, marking the 106th anniversary of Ukrainian nationalist hero Stepan Bandera's birth. Chanting glory to Bandera and glory to Ukraine, thousands of people marched, waving the red and black flags of Ukraine's nationalist. You know why it's red and black, squirrel, don't you? Because of the swastika. Stefan Bandera was a Wolfhassen SS Nazi. And the kind that George Soros worked for. And the blue and yellow flags of the far-right Svoboda Party. Bandera, who led the organization of Ukrainian nationalists in the first part of the 20th century, is revered by Ukrainian nationalists for fighting Russian and Polish occupation in Ukraine, but denounced by others as a Nazi collaborator during the Second World War. Only those that can read. In the meantime, that got me thinking, because, you know, us being Americans, we come from people that fought the Nazis. We came from people that fought the Japanese that we really don't talk about much. Now, why did we fight the Japanese? Because they were Nazi collaborators, of course. But they shared that same government supremacy. And it got me thinking of a story I heard. And I want you to hear it, Squirrel. We had two guys in our company that we call Mutt and Jeff because one of them was tall and the other one. They were inseparable. You never saw one that you didn't see the other. They were good friends. They both were shot. Didn't have a chance of getting out of there. So we finally discussed it and we were talking about it. We got to this guy and we, we asked him, is this guy alive? If he's alive, we're going to try to get him out. 
He said, he's so near dead, you don't need to bother. And that was true of both of them. And they were 25 feet apart, those two guys. When we went back and took that and get those wounded out, that one guy had crawled that 25 yards over to his buddy and laid his head on the guy's chest, and we found them both dead there. I hope they don't have any descendants that are now paying taxes that America sends to Nazis. 312-642-5600. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I shouldn't be there because uh, that was, uh, uh, well, actually, in a funny way, it's just like in markets that if I weren't there, of course I wasn't doing it, but somebody else would, 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 would be taking it away anyhow. In other words, the, whether I was there or not, I was only a spectator, the property was being taken away. So I had no role in taking away that property. So I had no sense of guilt. Are you religious? No. Do you believe in God? No. Soros told us he believes God was created by man, not the other way around, which may be why he thinks he can smooth out the world's imperfections. When we went with him to Ukraine, he was treated like a visiting head of state and was received by the president. Then he was received by the prime minister and finally the central bank. 20% in cash. They even allowed him to look at the books and asked him for advice. Lots of people want George Soros' advice. Most recently, South African President Nelson Mandela. But the Ukrainians loved him. They wanted his advice. They looked at him. Why do you think that is? Ukrainians held a torchlight march through the streets of Kiev. It marked the 108th anniversary of the birth of the late nationalist leader, Stepan Bandera. The march, which has become an annual fixture on the evening of January 1st, was also repeated in cities throughout Ukraine. Bandera was a Ukrainian nationalist resistance leader who fought both the Soviet and Nazi forces during World War II. But it that's the new one. You see how they made them? They made them fight the Nazis. But how do you fight the Nazis when you are a Nazi? You know who you have to ask? Somebody who's Polish. Because Stefan Bandera and the Nazis are responsible for the deaths of tens of thousands of Polish people. Tens of thousands of Russians. But in the meantime, do you think this is about our border or their border? Everybody knows what the problem is with our border. A majority of Biden's executive orders revolve around immigration, DACA protections, reinstated, travel ban to seven Muslim-majority countries, lifted, expansion of immigration enforcement, stopped, construction of the border wall, halted, deferrals of deportations for Liberians, extended, an order excluding undocumented immigrants from the census, rescinded. The re to influence elections, like they're accusing Putin of doing in the Telegraph. And in the meantime... Do you think it matters to a one of the Democrat voters, a one, that this dimwit in diapers is guilty of another absolute provable theft and act of treason against our nation? Not only did he lie about his son, Hunter, making money in China, but it also turns out that $40,000 in laundered China money landed in Joe Biden's bank account in the form of a personal check. And the Oversight Committee has it. Here's how Joe Biden benefited. 
from his family's shady deal with CEFC, a Chinese Communist Party-linked company. It all began with a shakedown in the summer of 2017, when Hunter Biden sent a message to his CEFC associate demanding a $10 million capital payment. As Hunter Biden extorted this associate, Hunter claimed he was sitting with his father and that the Biden network would turn on his associate if he didn't pony up the money. The extortion scheme worked. It's almost a waste of 40 seconds because there isn't one of these moron, lowlife, kid-sniffing, Lincoln Project, never-Trumpers, Nikki Haley supporters or Democrats that really gives a rip. They just want in on the scam. They're wretched. Uh, Mitchell displains. What I don't understand, Sean, regarding Nikki Haley, is that, as you know, in the GOP, you got to get 1,215 delegates. She has 20, okay? Trump has 110, and she didn't even win first in uh, her own state. Nominee by default, Mitchell. Nominee by default. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump will not be the nominee. Donald Trump will be in prison or dead. Was that the justification for her staying in the race? Of course it is. Nominee by default. All she has to do is hang around, hang around, hang around, like in rounders. Next thing you know, she's in the big game. Same thing, brother. Same thing. It's not, this isn't, this, come on. Nikki Haley, not only is she an absolute moron, it's obvious. A year ago, broke, bankrupt. Boeing hires her. Eight million in her bank account. So do you think she's offended that Joe Biden has 40,000 from the Chinese communists? She could care less. She's in on it, too. We lost in 2018, we lost in 2020, we lost in 2022. But look at a couple weeks ago. Maybe that's because the Republicans who are running for office are political whores like you. Did you ever ever look in the mirror there, witch face? Did you ever take a look at yourself without that hat on from the Wizard of Oz? Did you take a look at yourself? Everybody knows you're a policy whore. Republicans lost the vote on Israel. Republicans lost the vote on Mayorkas. The RNC chair lost her job, and Donald Trump had his fingerprints in all of it. Yeah, but Republicans like you have your fingerprints in all of the debt that you never mention, policy whore. Never. Never bring it up. You know why? Because you get rich on that. You're a sellout trader just like Joe Biden. The only difference is you might know your address, although I wouldn't be willing to bet on it. 312-642-5600. He said you are a whore, and he speaks the truth. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Before I uh, play you the sheriff in Athens, Georgia, Ron in Algonquin. Sean, happy Friday. Uh, wondering if you could help me out with something, a two part question here. I heard. The super core inflation rate numbers came out for the month of January. If you could tell me what super core inflation rate numbers mean. And then also, do you think with these numbers that came in hotter than predicted, we'll see the Fed lower our interest rates? I, I, have, said, I, have, I have said for a long time that I don't think they're ever going to lower the, the, the interest rates for a very long time. Why would the pickpocket yeah. cut their hands off? I've never bought that. Sure. Are you there? Did thank we lose you. them? Oh, thank you. I, I, I mean, I really don't think they can. They've got themselves in a corner. First of all, it's a staggering amount of debt. The interest alone is absolutely insane. 
Our actual federal government spending is $6.6 trillion. Their fiscal year started in October. That means that we're on pace to spend $12 trillion. They're hiding it in a Ponzi scheme. As far as core inflation, it's interesting when you think about all the subsidies, when you think about all of the food stamps and all of the welfare. And the reason that I say that is it, 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 it's all attributing to the inflation that the rest of us who are not on subsidies all have to eat the cost. You see, government doesn't have money. It just has debt it creates. So when it funnels it into anything, into anything, it's us in the private sector that have to make up the difference. That's why when you hear Rashida Tlaib claim that homeless need cash, did you hear this, girl? Congresswoman Tlaib stated, by providing direct cash assistance, we can address our housing crisis while respecting the autonomy and dignity of the folks receiving assistance. The proposal would also serve as a study on the effects of cash payouts because you can also opt for a 12-month lump sum so you can get three of those. This isn't exactly a new idea. In January of 2022, D.C.'s Democratic Mayor Muriel Bowser announced a program that divided $1.5 million among 132 new and expected low-income mothers. The goal was to, quote, make high-quality child care more affordable and accessible and ensure women are at the heart of our equitable economic recovery strategy. But what happened was, at least in one case, the Washington Post found that the lump sum payout of $10,800 was used to fund a trip to Miami. A mother of three told the paper, some of it I just left alone. The other side is I wanted to blow it. I wanted to have fun, she said. So the core inflation rate doesn't have energy or food. It has all of the things that these morons blow their welfare on, driving up the cost for all of us. And if you take out energy and food, what's left? Well, you have housing, right? So when Section 8 housing, what Section 8 housing has done to this country is why the average listener out there is paying $2,000 in rent. It's also why you're destroying everything in all of the Democrat areas. How many people have been to State Street lately? If you've been downtown recently, you've no doubt noticed more empty storefronts along Chicago's iconic State Street. Our Tara Molina learned there are more vacancies there than ever before as the downtown area tries to make a post-COVID comeback. We saw Old Navy close and move out last year. Today, that space is still vacant, and that's just one example. But the folks we connected with in reporting this story say hope is not lost here on State Street. By the way, hope is lost because you know what their answer is going to be, Squirrel? They want the government to fund charity stores. It's more than just the heart of the loop. State Street is a cultural anchor, shopping destination, and an important part of Chicago's history. On State Street, that great street, I just want to say. Immortalized by the one and only Frank Sinatra. But the great street, so important to this city, well, it's seen better days. 50% of the storefronts on the east side of State Street are vacant. Do you know what that represents, Squirrel? The highest vacancy rate ever in the history of Chicago. Ever. And their big idea is more welfare. The highest vacancy rate ever. There is a palpable, a visible vacancy on State Street. Yes. That's John Vance, a retail broker with decades of experience right here. Look at this section of state. From Monroe to Adams. Every single storefront is vacant. So when you're walking on that block, there's just so much empty space, which then has this effect of 
hindering leasing. Vance said short-term leasing. <laughs> hindering leasing. I'll tell you what. This guy looks like he's a Lincoln Project fella as well. It's not hindering leasing, you moron. What's hindering leasing is the climate that the government manipulated. You see, the reason it's the highest ever is because Democrats have brought us to the destination they always bring everybody, whether they call themselves communists or Marxists or Soviets or Nazis. They lead to chaos and destruction. ...or activations for retail or art galleries could make... Yeah, you need an art gallery there, you frackin' morons. ...major difference here. Especially when we're dealing with a lot of dark storefronts. Turn the lights on, get someone in there, make it feel energized. And so, yeah... Even if it's not real. See, this is the difference between a Democrat and an American. A Democrat just wants the illusion. They want the Potemkin State Street. Ooh, look it. It's just like it was when things were successful, before the Democrats destroyed the quality of life. People want to get back. Michael Edwards, who leads the Chicago Loop Alliance. We're certainly not out of the woods. Told me that's a conversation they're having with the city right now. Activate those uh, storefronts through uh, art and culture, through... You have no art and culture. You have gangs, mayhem, morons, and third world savages destroying the quality of life. Art and culture. You gotta be kidding me. Only a freaking Democrat could say that with a straight face. Uh, artist studios, temporary space, to kind of bridge us between where we are now and sort of standard retail. You mean like what your wife does on the weekend? Fake it, right? Is that what you mean? Well, it'll probably not be here for 18 months. With other revitalization efforts happening all around State Street. Hey, I know what could revitalize the area, Squirrel. You wouldn't believe it. I know what it would. Arrest the scumbags. Drag them off the streets and put them where they belong. But in the meantime, you're a Democrat. And like every Democrat everywhere, you can't do it. It's against your nature. In fact, you'd rather put the emphasis on the criminals. Just like the sheriff in Athens, where that beautiful young girl was killed by that cockroach. From 911 dispatcher to sergeant, John Q. Williams has worked his whole life to bring positive change to his community. Now, he's running for sheriff of Clark County. John supports criminal justice reform, non-cooperation with ICE, and... Did you hear that part, Squirrel? Non... We gotta play it slower. Because they put that that, that music where you think you can dance to it. Non-cooperation with ICE. Which means the sheriff of Athens, Georgia, is a Democrat. Beyond the shadow of a fracking doubt, you don't even have to look it up. Because he doesn't want to enforce American law so he can build his Democrat utopia, like Chicago's doing. How's it going, morons? From 911 dispatcher to sergeant, John Q. Williams has worked his whole life to bring positive change to his community. Now, he's running for sheriff of Clark County. John supports criminal justice reform, non-cooperation with ICE, and reforming the sheriff's office with new training programs, community outreach initiatives, and transparency measures. What that means is more money like Brandon Johnson to hire his bust-out friends who never had a frickin' job in their life, used to be gangbangers and lowlifes and scum. Or, even worse, Chicago, Chicago public school teacher union members. Oh, boy. That's the worst of the worst. In the meantime, what that means to me is that the parents of that beautiful young girl who had every... Every ounce of opportunity snuffed out by some third world moron with a very unusual shaped head should sue the pants off every frackin' Democrat that's responsible for the death of their daughter, which means the voters too. 312 642 5600. 
Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Nice, we're on Friday. That's what we need. A little more disco. A little less of these fracking moron Democrats. Did you hear what he said today? Stupid idiot. In the coming days, we're going to join with our friends in Jordan and others in providing airdrops of of, uh, additional food and supplies into Ukraine. I don't know. Are we dropping money? Are we, we, we dropping money or are we going to drop food? What are, you, what are you dropping there, stupid? George in Naperville. Sean, it's such a shame what's happening to that State Street. It was such celebrated in song. I mean, the line that I always remember is, I saw a man, he danced with his wife in Chicago. They're going to have to change it. So I saw a man get stabbed and mugged with his wife. I like that. <laughs> I like that. you got to work in head his life taken or somewhere. There's got to be something there. Rich in Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? Splendid. What I wanted to say is uh, this ice cream eating fraud goes to the border, goes to an area where not even ducks are coming across, and then he has the nerve to say that he's willing to even ask Trump uh, to help solve this border problem. Well, he doesn't have to ask anybody. All he has to do is reverse uh, and reinstate all of uh, Trump's policies on the border. Not only that, so what I think is he what I for, think is that this ice cream is going going through his brain. It's giving brain him freeze. Uh, brain he, um, yeah. he he asked him to pass a, a bill that he didn't read. He doesn't know what's in the bill, and I don't mean Biden. We all know he can't read. I'm talking about Trump, right. and I found that to be very interesting because what that lets you know is this is how these things get passed. They don't know what's in the bill. It's a payoff to that frackin' Azov Nazi battalion, often referred to as the Ukrainian government. That's the part that sickens me. But the idea that they would even compare them in the same sentence. You had the lowest immigration since they were taking records, all the way to today, where we have millions. So here's what I would say to Mr. Trump. Instead of playing policies issue, instead of telling members of Congress to block... See, I understand, Squirrel, but he cannot enunciate the words... He's unfit to stand trial. He has dementia. He doesn't know how to finish the words. Legislation, join me, or I'll join you in telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill. We can do it together. But this is a Joe Biden invasion. This is a Biden invasion over the past three years. I call him Crooked Joe because he's crooked. He's a terrible president, the worst president our country's ever had, and probably the most incompetent president we've ever had well as you heard both sides lashing out at the other over their approach to fixing the border crisis but how do their records on this contentious issue stack up well scripps news deputy political director joe st george takes a look the importance of border security in this year's election was on full display thursday at the border in brownsville texas president biden his second visit to the border as president some 320 miles away Former President Donald Trump in Eagle Pass, Texas. The reality is that one of these men looks as if they will be president for four years come January. So how do their records on the border compare? Well, under President Biden, each year there have been more and more border crossings. According to the Office of Homeland Security Statistics, there are around 2.46 million encounters by Border Patrol agents in the Southwest in fiscal year 2023. In 2022, there were 2.34 million encounters. 
In 2021, there were 1.7 million. Compare that to the four years of the Trump administration, and it is higher. On average, from fiscal year 2017 through 2020, when former President Trump was in office, encounters averaged around 572,000 each year. Triple on their best year. Why? Because Joe Biden's first day, he weakened our nation. Because he was bribed to by the Chinese communists and the oligarchs who are getting a lot of money in all of the bills to pre- pretend to fix our border. It's a bipartisan treason. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Boy, that Goebbels, new propaganda, didn't he, squirrel? Third Reich Nazi. George Soros worked for the Nazis, probably explains Odyssey. We're going to discuss exactly how we can stop socialism with the host of In the Tank podcast and Stopping Socialism TV, Donald Kendall from the Heartland Institute. Donald, how are you? I am doing fantastic. How are you doing today, good sir? Oh, I love it. I love exposing these rat, corrupt bastards and the smarmy ones with the feminine sons for for, uh, a family like George Soros when they bought Odyssey. 220 stations, radio stations around the country. I think there's seven in Chicago, WBBM, and a couple of stupid ones. Yes, yes, right. Uh, picking them up on the cheap, too. Uh, it seems like this is actually kind of part of a, a a larger plan of George Soros to, you know, I'm sure that the way that he would put it is just like diversifying his assets. Surely well, there's no political implications of all of these moves, but he's picking up all these different media uh, related uh, outfits uh, it's all over the place over the past several years. And this is the latest one and might be his biggest gambit yet. Well, how does the quantum fund, which is what his entity is, that's been used to implode such currencies as the British pound and some other nations around the world, how does the quantum fund buy an American radio oligarch like Odyssey without being scrutinized? I mean, after all, the quantum fund isn't an American company. It's never had any SEC regulation. We don't really know where the money comes from other than George Soros and his son with the painted fingernails and toenails proving that Uma Thurman is in fact, or I mean uh, Uma Aberdeen is in fact a lesbian. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Well, George Soros has got a whole web of different uh, organizations uh, from, you know, nonprofit ones like the Open Society Institute to his... Soros Fund Management, uh, which is an investment company. So he's got a whole bunch of different operations. So surely there's all sorts of different slush fund activity. But because he has such um, ties into the media, um, I was looking at one report from the Media Research uh, Institute where they were talking about how he has donated hundreds of millions of dollars to all sorts of different organizations, uh, 253 separate organizations that all have a role in influencing the media in one way or another. 
uh, this, you know, the whole different web of, of groups, including the Committee to Protect Journalists, um, all sorts of them. But they all have ties to these different people, whether it's Lester Hold with NBC Nightly News or different people from CNN, Scott was very on. CBS, Face the Nation, Washington Post, uh, NPR, PolitiFact, Associated Press, Reuters. So he's got this whole web of different people that uh, are indirectly or even sometimes directly uh, being paid by certain outfits uh, aligned with George Soros. So it almost creates a little bit of a shield for him where it's like, you know what, maybe he's doing something, maybe he's not. We're not even going to look into it because, you know, there's some money coming trickling down into our pockets from all of this. That's interesting when you really think about what's been happening, especially when it comes to mergers and acquisitions lately. Because uh, that seems like a lot when you have print media, you have investments in TV stations and people, like you were just saying, and now you have investments in talk radio and other venues. I mean, that would be something that you think the SEC would be like, wait a minute, this seems to be a conglomerate that almost seems like a monopoly. And they're taking on very strategic targets. But, it, you know, because it's obviously redundant. I mean, why would you go after talk radio stations? Or I think he has sports in there, which makes sense because sports stations suck. But it, 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 it seems like the SEC would be involved in this. But then again, maybe I'm just passe. And maybe I'm just cool. too suspicious of a government that would, you know, bend over uh, for George Soros. I mean, could, could you imagine? I mean, just think about the, the stink that was raised when Elon Musk uh, purchased Twitter, now called X. Like if if Elon Musk were to try to pull off the same thing and buy the controlling shares of uh, uh, the second largest radio company out there that controls all of these different stations, surely there would be all sorts of um, you know criticism and and making sure that he checked every single uh, box that was possibly necessary because of course they would be looking into him, but because George Soros kind of plays the left-wing game and he's involved in every single thing from media matters to Planned Parenthood to all these different DA races across the country that he's uh, you know he's just given a free pass with all of this. I mean it's it's Donald it is it is outrageous what's going on it truly is outrageous and none of it could happen without the 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 blessing of a corrupt government and you know it's funny that this happens because my one of my producers the lovely squirrel hands uh, just told me that the FCC sent a questionnaire to our station to find out you know who, how many uh, transvestites we have here and whatnot. So I, I, I said that my, I was transgendering. I want them to fill me out as transgendering. My real birth name was Sheila, and I just want to show one of these fascist pigs my tallywhacker to see if they believe I'm really a man. But what do you think is the move? Could this, any of this happen without the government cooperation to the Nazi collaborator known as George Soros? Oh, man, I would be just absolutely shocked if, we, if I heard even a whiff of them doing some regulatory checkup on the, the validity of a move like this. I would be absolutely floored if there was any level of, uh, you know, validating these types of moves. But the, the other thing that, you know, we have to make sure to talk about is that, well, there, there's a couple of things. One is we know that talk radio is historically a very conservative medium uh, when it comes to news dissemination. So him kind of getting involved in this just kind of seems out of the ordinary and all of the stations, you know, 220 stations nationwide, uh, big markets, New York City, Chicago, L.A., uh, they're host to a lot of very notable leading conservative voices out there. 
So it, it seems to pretty conflict. Um, uh, we, uh, you know, right we on. We don't the, have any competition. We're the only one in Chicagoland. I mean, really, if you if you take a look around the dial, um, they're all they're all collaborators with the Democrat Marxist mafia, as I see it. But it's interesting to see what their plan of attack is. I mean, after all, nobody listens to them. Their stations suck. So what exactly is his reasoning for purchasing this? Because the reason he was able to buy it is because they go bankrupt, right? Mm. Yeah, I, I see. I kind of wonder if that's, you know, it's almost like whatever uh, uh, effectiveness these radio stations do have, I'm sure that there are going to be actions taking place under new manage that, that reduces the amount of effectiveness of these new stations. Maybe that includes putting in more moderate voices or, you know, maybe yeah. we have to, uh, you know, maybe we have to balance the, the, the messaging that are on these stations or anything like that. Obviously this is just speculation, but I wouldn't put it past them. But the other thing that we also have to keep in mind is that uh, there is a lot of these radio stations, um, very notable ones, that are inside these uh, areas that are going to be in very important swing states in the upcoming election. We're talking about certain stations in Las Vegas. We're talking about certain stations in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. So, uh, you know, if all of those are now, you know, which were used to be bastions of conservative thought, are all going to be switching over to some George Soros branded uh, media or something like that right before the election, that seems like it could be pretty important. So I know this is pretty fresh, right? I mean, the the news came out about, uh, Squirrel gave it to me about 11 days ago or so. Um, Is it a done deal? Does anything have to happen here? Because I, I, I say this to you because a lot of companies have gone from public to private. It's more advantageous to go private when you have a totalitarian, corrupt government like the one Joe Biden represents. So a lot of companies have already gone private. Uh, So is this deal done? Did uh, the SEC and the FCC and all of the fascist government entities sign off on this? Uh, yeah, you know, so this is also something that came across my desk, uh, you know, a week or so ago. And, and since then, I've been looking it up every couple of days to see because I just have this little bit of hope that maybe, you know, we're fretting about nothing and it's all going to fall apart. And, you know, maybe the uh, the initial reporting was, was uh, a little bit more overblown than it was. But uh, so far, I haven't seen anything like that. So far, it seems like it's just a matter of of, um, you know, the, the proper boxes being checked. And once they officially go into bankruptcy and all of that, it's just going to immediately transfer over. That's what it looks like to me. Uh, but, you know, I'm still, I don't, I don't think it's a done deal quite yet, but, you know, yeah. I'm not necessarily holding my breath as it's going to Well, fall I'll tell you what, Donald, I learned this a long time ago. Hope is for guys that bet on horses. It doesn't really put, uh, put commas in the bank account. So I hope that, uh, and ironically, the double entendre is intended. I, I, I hope that we know r- sooner rather than later, because the reality is uh, a lot of mischief can go down in the next eight months. And when you see that the information flow of the absolute fact that Joe Biden is a traitor, we've got $40,000 that we know know has been confirmed by his brother that he stroked the check from the Chinese Communist Energy Company. I mean, this is very uh, important that this information be controlled because you have to keep the morons out there thinking they're still a Democrat versus a, a, a bad, evil Trump and a good Republican Party, right? So they need to pro- promote this lie that Joe Biden represents. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and the idea of you know, somebody listening to this and hearing my speculation about them maybe changing the, uh, the, the kind of the makeup of these stations in the lead up to the election. I even said that, you know, it's speculation on my part, but they might write that off as just like, oh, that kind of seems conspiratorial. 
But if you look into George Soros, and I know that it's kind of hard because they don't talk about him in the media, but if you actually look into him and kind of see his practices when it comes to any one of these things, whether it's media control with Media Matters and all this different stuff, or these DA races that he's been somewhat popular, uh, you know, trying to get these radical DAs in all of these uh, major cities across the United States, <laughs> like he is like, very like underhanded. Chicago. Yes, exactly. He is very underhanded. They, he specifically funds these very radical people in the primaries when the race is a lot cheaper, knowing that if they get that radical into the general election, there's no way that a Democrat is going to lose to a Republican in Chicago. So it's, it's, he's buying these things for pennies on the dollar. It's very underhanded. Well, so to think that he's not going to do that in radio is just naive. I'd like to know exactly what the process was for him purchasing a distressed company like Odyssey. Mm. I mean, first of all, it, it, was it exposed? Is Odyssey publicly traded? What happened to the stock? Is it a hostile takeover? What happens to the people who own stock? And, and I'm, I, you know, I'm curious to know on the details because this, once again, smells like an inside uh, uh, trader, an inside deal, right? I mean, he's able to, to just buy the, the bankruptcy. Was it a bidding process? Who was next in line? Was there somebody? You know, this is what Democrats do. They lie and they cheat and they steal. So it's crucially important to understand he's been interwoven with the Democrat mafia since the 80s. I mean, I remember when I was a kid and he imploded the British pound. It was a scandal at the time. And the only way that he got away from it is the same way Bill Gates rebuilt his reputation through a PR firm. He hired a PR firm. He went out there. He did a lot of interviews, some of which are coming back to bite him, where he admits to collaborating with the Nazis against his fellow Jew. And it's really uh, uh, something that people should be aware of. But now that he controls the media, I guess it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, and, and you know, to, to answer your question, um, it seems like he's has a knack for this sort of thing, this kind of buying for uh, pennies on the dollar when it comes to media outlets. I have one example sitting in front of me of uh, George Soros. Uh, backed group buying up Vice Media for $350 million after it went bankrupt. I love that, that story. that is a media outlet that was valued once at $6 billion. Love so that is that a, story. Uh, a huge discount that uh, he got that one for. Well, Vice Media is a very interesting... I had it on the board yesterday. Honey Bunny's probably throwing stuff at me right now. I had it on the board yesterday. It's a really interesting story because that guy was going to be the... He was going to take over Fox, right? It was a, I, I believe he's out of Canada if I'm not mistaken, correct, Vice News? Mm. And, um, yeah, he, he I, I was, think that's where it originated, yeah. He was a collaborator with the American and Canadian communists, and he always wrote the stories with kind of a slant. He, in, in, and it was funny because he pretended in the beginning that he was actually going to be um, you know, unbiased, just give you the fact and give you the news. And for a while he did it in, in his magazine, but when he got the television uh, going, he really went hardcore Marxist sympathizer, and uh, uh, that just imploded right before your eyes. So you're telling me George Soros bought this as well? Yep, yep, absolutely. He bought uh, that. Like I said, the Odyssey thing. Uh, a bunch of other examples here. Um, he in, in just a couple of years ago, he bought the Latino Media Network, uh, which was composed oh. of 18 different Spanish language speaking stations um, across. I think a lot of them were in Florida. But, uh, oh, yeah, so he's just buying up these things just hand over fist. He's not going to fire the weather girls, is he? Because if he fires the weather girls, I mean, that's the, the, the greatest <laughs> we weather ride. report in all of the world <laughs> is, the, is the Latin weather station. Are you out of your mind? I absolutely, I'd much rather see that than Tom Skilling. Um, right. So, so it's, it's, it's interesting when you think about 
what are the options you have out there? I mean, how much longer until he just, uh, I mean, does he have to buy anything else? Hasn't, hasn't the media successfully propagandized the dim wooden diapers as you see him staggering around? I mean, he's clearly convalescing. Is it even necessary or, or is it nothing to be worried about because it's so redundant? Yeah, you know, I feel like this has less to do with kind of magnifying magnifying the the voice of just kind of the left in general and more about nullifying the voice of the right in the in the couple of key areas that we still are able to get to, you know, conservative uh, messages out in. Um, so I think that that, that has more to do with that. Yeah. But again, like and this is kind of a thematic of a lot of the segments I come on your show to talk about is just these like the, the machinations of all of these kind of global elitist types from the Klaus Schwab's over at Davos and the World Economic Forum to George Soros and the Open Society is that they often are doing these big, grandiose sorts of things just so far under the radar that they're not talked about on the you know nightly news or anything like that, the front page of you know Fox or something along those lines. And that is why, you know, I come on your show to talk about these things because I think they deserve a lot of attention. And uh, I'm glad that you uh, you have me on to talk about it. I think we have to really adopt what I've been calling them for, for over a decade, the Fourth Reich. You know, it's I don't think it's a coincidence that Klaus Schwab is the son of the flamethrower manufacturer for the Third Reich. He is. He's his son. George Soros, on an interview with 60 Minutes that I, I, I am hoping you look up, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure you might have, where he admits that he worked for the Third Reich. When you look at the Ukraine and Stefan Bandera and Ihor Kolomoisky, all collaborators with the ideology of the Azov Nazis, this is truly a Fourth Reich. The only difference is they're not as bold as they were in the Third Reich, and they're doing it through the back channels, and they were smart this time because they bribed very specific politicians on both sides. And it, the, the problem I have is if they're not as audacious as they were in the Third Reich, can we fight them back when they finally reveal themselves? Or will it be too late? Will that agenda of, of the takeover be too late? And that's kind of where this piece of Odyssey fits in. It doesn't make any sense other than to just keep the, 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 the people calm as the takeover is happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, your question is probably the question of our of our lifetimes, honestly, and that that's kind of the battle that we're in uh, is to recognize, acknowledge, push back against all of this sort of stuff. But I mean, you're you're absolutely right. And you can see kind of the the agenda of all of this being played out by all of these different organizations that the George Soros Klaus Schwab World Economic Forum web has their fingers in. Most notably in the in recent history is these kind of extreme DAs and the lengths that they're going to, you know, take out Donald Trump at his knees. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's just one example of probably a thousand that are go currently going on at the same time. How old is this rotten son of a dog that he is, the devil's cousin, George Soros? Isn't he in his 90s? Uh, you know, I'm going to Google that because I'm Google very how old this red <laughs> bastard is. In the meantime, we're too old to cry, so let's have a little fun. I will bet you five American dollars, that really is only worth two from when I remember it, that Jimmy Carter outlives George Soros. You want a piece of that action, kid? Uh, well, George Soros is currently at 93 years young. Oh. Um, Jimmy Carter recently. just had his vasectomy reversed. He's going out on Tinder this weekend. <laughs> I'll take Carter for $5. You want George, George Soros? 
I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll put my money on George Soros, right. I think. Although back, he back, was back, back, kind back. of stuttering and stammering at a recent uh, press thing that he was doing, some conference, uh, and people yeah. were thinking that that might have been a sign against his health. But I don't know. Clocks like this just keep ticking. Come on. He's Lucifer's cousin. In the meantime, you are Donald Kendall. Thank you so much for everything at In the Tank podcast on Sopping Socialism TV. I know you're at Heartland, but where do you prefer that people keep an eye on you? Yeah, heartland.org for sure. Um, you, you can look at all of our work on there. Uh, on YouTube, if you go and, and look up social, Stopping Socialism TV, you'll find In the Think podcast. We do that every week. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you making time. Thank you for being, having me on. We'll be back with your calls and comments. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. We need to have uh, a realization that we've got a, about 35 years' worth of oil left in the whole world. We're going to run out of oil. When Mr. Nixon made his famous uh, speech on Mr. Operation Nixon, Independence, we were importing. When that stupid, peanut-eating son of a gun said it, it was the 70s. In the meantime, at least two, maybe three, generations of Secret Service agents have retired, protecting his wrinkled old ass. Did you know this, squirrel? Their wives get half a million a year. The wives of the retired presidents get half a million a year. The Duchess of Chaffington, you'd think she'd find some cream for that rash. She gets half a million a year because she was the wife of the intern molester. It's a staggering amount. I'd like to know the money we've burned on Secret Service agents and just Jimmy and his wife. John in Lake Como, Wisconsin. <laughs> Sean, you son of a lovely mother. <laughs> How are you? You, got, you, got, you put five bucks on these two old bastards. I got ten bucks on each of them. No, 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 you can't bet each of them. What do you think, you're at Maywood Park Racetrack? you got to pick the devil's cousin, George Soros, or Jimmy Carter, who refuses to die. Five years now, I've been waiting for any day now. (laughs) Are you kidding me? He's going to have more fun this weekend than you are. All right, you're in for George Soros. Thank you very much. Are you out of your mind? Jimmy frackin' Carter. Worst president right up until this one. John in Palatine. Hey Sean, uh, during the during the break, I was uh, just thinking, uh, isn't it interesting how the government won't let uh, Albertsons or Kroger merge, but they'll let the devil's cousin buy up all the radio stations? Yes, it's that's the that's the broader point. What happens in the shadows of this government is a staggering amount of trillions of dollars that have gone wasted. You know what's funny, John? Uh, you hear all the push, and you see that the Illinois is going to give $8 billion to the Chinese Communist Front Company to make the electronic batteries. Do you know where people who actually make cars and make money are putting their money when it comes to alternative energy? Did you know this? The hydrogen fuel tanks? Did you hear about this? You know, Toyota, arguably, no, the, I... the, Toyota, the, arguably the most successful car company in the world. There's no question about it. Do you know that they don't? They stopped all the electronic nonsense. You know that, right? All the electric vehicles. Listen, yeah, did, I, I knew that. Did you ever hear of this Mira? I never heard of this guy. I, I I stumbled on it today. Hydrogen fuel tank. How does it work? As an engineer, I was particularly curious about this one. Turns out there's a lot of really cool technology at work here. The Marais hydrogen fuel tanks are wrapped in carbon fiber and lined with a polymer. The fuel tanks absorb five times the crash energy of steel. Actually, the fuel tanks are designed to stop the flow of hydrogen and stop any leaks using sensors. We can see that at play here. Now, what happens to any leaked hydrogen? Well, it simply escapes back into the atmosphere. My favorite part, though, how quickly they fill up. Check this out. 
Less than four minutes. Less than four minutes you fill the tank with this hydrogen. Not only that, it is ten times greener than any other thing. It doesn't do any of the damage to make the lithium batteries, which have a tendency to burn your house down. It's safer, it's cheaper, and Toyota is putting a tremendous amount of money. And they have a car that I didn't realize they had, and it's in California right now. It's called the uh, Miura. I think that's how you say it. But it's $66,000, except for right now. If you buy it, it's $11,000, and they give you $15,000 towards the hydrogen. Did you know this? No, I, I, I didn't. I wanted to mention that one other thing though, to you, too. All right. Uh, when, uh, when, when Rich called, and you know, I, I get sick and tired of hearing uh, Biden always say that uh, he, he, can't, uh, he can't fix the border, and it, it just would make me uh, so aggravated all the time until I started thinking about it differently. He probably thinks that because it's his handlers that are probably telling him that he can't do it. He, he, he doesn't even know if he's standing in his own urine. So, no. uh, but we do. He's squishy. He's squishy Joe Biden. But the, the sad thing is, is that we're still pretending that this man's capable to do anything. Do you know, I have, you know, I've got, I, I think I have seven clips on the board. I don't even want to play him. It's so depressing. But thank you very much. Might as well depress you a little bit. Where is he? I guess I should clear my mind here a little bit and not say. Then when he meets the, the Italian prime minister named Georgia, he says this to her. Well, Prime Minister Maloney, thank you for being here again. I have to admit to you, as she walked in the door, we're good friends, and I played Ray Charles Georgia as she walked in the door. Now, most of you don't know Ray Charles Georgia, but anyway. She's an Italian prime minister. Did you have any super no. sad? Do you have any jardinier? What do you mean? She doesn't know Ray Charles, you moron. In the meantime, I, I just want the American people to know what we're trying to get done. How, how many more of these... these uh, Bring your dementia patient to work day. That's what Joe Biden is. David and Lansing. Hey, Sean, great show and great guests because you follow the money. It's always and, um, about the money, rats. I, I, uh, I follow media and finance very close, and I'm looking at a all-data chart. It's 24 years old, the Odyssey stock. Once traded, split adjusted, uh, $2,050 back in early 01. It's now traded at a low, a recent low of three cents a share. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to make sure. Are you sure you're reading this right? You know, you're not the, you know, you're sure you're not missing a, a dot? You're telling me the stock was $2,000? No, uh, adjusted for, it probably reverse split. It wasn't 2000 oh. back then. Oh. But after it reverse split, it recently was. Three cents a share, and if you go back twenty four years and you trade, you know you look back. It's yeah, two thousand dollars. Yeah, it's over. It's like point nine 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 percent off its all time high. In other words, yeah. And, um, Did you find out? Um, here's what you want to look up. Something you want to look up. Something that, to to give me some information that I'd like to know. Thank you very much for the call. Look up whoever is the trustee of the bankruptcy, because whoever that trustee is is the one who makes the call and the commission to sell it to the devil's cousin known as George Soros. That's the important part, because this has more than just, oh, he's going to buy radio stations. George Soros is linked to the destruction of not just our great city, of which he is, but every 
great city in this country. He owns every one of these DAs that are allowing the cartels and the gang-banging scum and the Venezuelans with those narrow heads on top to destroy the quality of life everywhere. He's financing the sheriff in Athens, Georgia, who set, ran on the fact, I'm not going to tell ICE where the illegal aliens are. He and every one of these rats are directly responsible for the destruction of our nation. And now he owns the news outlets. WBBM sucks. What do you think of that, Squirrel? Jack and Valparaiso. Hey, Sean, good show. Thank hey, you. hydrogen is the most reactive substance known to mankind. You know, the Hindenburg burned in 58 seconds and killed Oh, the humanity. People. And they're yeah. saying it's a safe gas. Are they crazy? Well, I don't know, but if these green people are going to do anything, I mean, the, the electric cars aren't... I, 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 I've done a lot of research on the electric cars. I'm telling you. They're burning stuff down, and, and, and people don't want you to know. Did you see that that uh, uh, building in New York that burnt because of the kid's lithium battery in his new computer? Do you know what I'm talking about? I had the clip a few yeah. days ago. I mean, it that's dangerous, too. So hydrogen, dangerous. That's why the girl talks about the technology of the tanks, 20 times more than steel. Listen, I'm not saying either one of them is safe. I like a good old gas car. But in the meantime, we're burning trillions of dollars because there's money laundering schemes going on in this eco-Nazi movement. So the fact that Toyota makes a decision, Toyota, they want to make money. They already make incredible cars. They want to make money. So I'm interested in it. Maybe it's nothing to, to buy, but it's interesting when you hear the commercial. So I'm going to tell you how the Toyota Mirai's hydrogen fuel cell system actually works. So it all starts with the hydrogen fuel nozzle. What this gives you access to is three tanks containing 5.6 kilograms of hydrogen at 10,000 PSI. Once you fill this up, that hydrogen is combined in this fuel cell with the oxygen from the outside air. Inside this fuel cell, a chemical reaction occurs between the hydrogen and oxygen molecules, thus creating electric current. Electric current sends power to these batteries, which eventually power the motors at the rear wheels. The best part of all this is the fact that the byproduct of the chemical reaction is H2O, which is water, and you can actually see the water form underneath the vehicle because it leaks at the bottom. Well, what else is interesting is that the American people, without anybody voting for it other than politicians, 535 people have decided to throw trillions of dollars at electric vehicles. They've decided to backdoor subsidize everything from Ford to GM to even foreign companies with our money. And nobody wants them. I'm more interested in the companies that say, I, I make the cars, I make the decisions. Kathy and Joliet. Hey, Sean, how are you? Splendid. Worked up. I know at least that. So listen, uh, you're always on top of it. You never miss a trick. But I'm just wondering if you notice that old uh, Sleepy Joe's suit coats are getting a little longer in the back. Well, I noticed his shoes. Did you see his shoes? Oh, yeah. Little flat. He's got yeah. the sling blade shoes on because they don't know if he's going to go down or not. He's got the sling. I mean, come on. They've got the technology. You see now. I, I watch the commercials. They're, they're saying depends. they got them for dating commercials now. I'm sure they've got technology in diapers. You know, I mean, Kathy, it's a new America, but it's an old president. I appreciate the call. It, it's, it's, it's painful to, to, to watch them. Which takes a lot more to go out to the communities and have to find these individuals and arrest them in the communities and bring them back into custody, which makes it more dangerous for not only me, for the non-citizen and the public at large. Okay, what, what's the better way to take on these cartels? <laughs> the problem just came up. Uh, Kareen, what's a better way to take on the cartels? Why don't you enforce the fracking laws, traitor? But in the meantime, what did you do with the 40 grand? I'm really curious. Days later, $5 million flowed in from a Chinese affiliate of CEFC. Over the following three weeks, Biden family members made a series of complicated financial transactions to hide 
the source of the China money. Nah, it's all right. Every policy enriching China and weakening our nation. Robert Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean. How you doing? Wonderful. How are you? Good. You know, I want to expand on that comment you made earlier about Trump either passing away or being in jail. In my personal opinion, I think Trump is going to win this thing in a landslide in the primary, and he's going to win this thing in the general election because public opinion is for the Trump and Trump family and for the silent majority is going to speak once again. Yeah, but you're still walking around with that Ron Jeremy mustache, and you think that's going to come back too, don't you? Yes. Well, I don't know about that. But. Yes, you are. You're walking around with that 70s porno mustache and a short robe with no pants on. So I understand you're optimistic, but I still don't think it's going to come back. But in the meantime, you might find people that agree with you. There's a nut for every squirrel. In the meantime, I'm more interested in the problems we're already burning our money on. Not to mention... What about the vaccine and the unexplained deaths? I want to talk about that too. Welcome back. Now, Dr. John Campbell, who's also a familiar face on this show, says the evidence is physical. It exists. You can see it, feel it, put it under a microscope. It's real. He's referring to blood clots being found by coroners, morticians, and those who look after the bodies of the dead. Well, now that's bad news, right, Squirrel? Well, here's some good news. You're here today because the CDC has issued sweeping new guidance around COVID isolation and other respiratory viruses. Tell us about today's changes. Well, first, we want folks to know that we're in a new place, and that's fantastic. We're seeing less deaths, less hospitalizations from COVID, um, but, but we want to make sure folks are using the tools we know work. That's why we've released these updated guidance, not just for COVID, but across respiratory virus like COVID, flu, RSV. And most importantly in, in those recommendations is get vaccinated. <laughs> What about the stuff in the blood that the morticians find and the unexplained heart attacks and the Bell's palsy where you look like Dr. Awardy? What about all the nonsense it created? Ah, don't worry. The CDC said nothing to worry about. And the the recommendations suggest that if you are 24 hours fever-free without medication and you see your symptoms abating, you can return to life, to school, to work. Why now? What has changed? We haven't seen new guidance in a few years. Right. So we are in a new place. So we were able to put out this updated guidance again because we're seeing less hospitalizations and less. Because you're making it up, you fascist pigs. You got everybody just where they want them. And you already stole one election. You're willing to steal another one. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Georgia! The Answer. <laughs> what a moron he is. I said in Georgia. And these are the people Georgia. making the decisions about every dollar, every policy, and they have never been right. And this is as close as you're going to get to them admitting they're totally wrong. Deaths from COVID. Um, as we were still seeing high levels of viral spread, we have wastewater data that shows that there was a lot of COVID that was circulating this winter. Wastewater data. Boy, what are you paying that guy? 
But the good news was is we weren't seeing um, any increases in those hospitalizations or deaths. Um, and so with that continued trend over yet another season, we felt we could move forward. The other is we were also seeing that the folks who came to the hospital with COVID this season, 95% of them did not get an updated COVID vaccine. It made us want to reiterate how important. Not on your life, honey, because while you're testing old urine, also known as the Biden administration, well, you're testing old urine, Joe Biden suits. The morticians, they're finding something else there. Lying, fraud, government hack. Dr. John Campbell joins me now. Hello, John. Thank you for making time. Always a pleasure, Neil. Thank you. What are we looking at? What are we seeing? And I I think we have footage and and imagery to give people a, a glimpse. It really is like something out of a low-grade novel, Neil, isn't it? You've got this new or apparently completely new pathology being found in dead bodies around the world. And we know that these have been found, these strange, mysterious, long, rubbery white clots have been found in bodies in the United Kingdom, the United States, Canada, uh, New Zealand, Australia. Now, I've actually heard about these some time ago, but I didn't realize how abundant they were. And then I was interviewing Major Tom Haviland, who is a data analyst in the States, and he's actually reached out to 269 embalmers with an average of 15 years experience each, embalming about 100 bodies a year on average per person. And in the year 2023... Uh, 73% of these embalmers have observed these strange, white, stringy, rubbery clots. What's the common denominator of all of them? They were vaccinated. So you can believe the government wastewater sniffer for the CDC or the morticians. Me? I'll take the morticians. Tom in Blue Island. Sean Dittos. So, Sean, all of our lives, if, if you were sick as a kid... You just stayed home and, uh, okay, I'll go to school the next day because you're sick. Now they're saying with the COVID, if you got the COVID, stay home for one day and go back the next day. And then you get that knucklehead broad telling us we still have to get our shots and people are dying and stuff. How big of idiots do they think people are? Well, enough to believe that Joe Biden won the election. But how many mothers didn't see their sons die or sons see their mothers die? How many sisters didn't see brothers and brothers see sisters? All because they were lying through their red bastard teeth. And now at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they come out and say, I don't worry about it. Just a day. That's why I never listen to a word that comes out of a government rat spokes idiot's mouth. We'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so Many government bureaucracies are real in scandal and failure. It's hard to pick which one is the worst one, but there is only one you could pick that explains the current climate of our nation, and that's the education system, the government school system. It's the only explanation for the devolving of our society. As you watch the news tonight, 
and you see an example of the Chicago public school system before your eyes, it'll explain why, in some cases, there are schools in Chicago where 5 out of 100 kids can read. Even less can do math. How bad does it have to fail before you end it? Well, that is an answer that you can't answer. But what you can do is take it into your own control and educate your kids at home the best way, taught by people who love them. My next guest is the CEO of Classic Conversations. He's an advocate. He's somebody who understands, and he's the beneficiary of homeschooling. He is Robert Bortons. Robert, thank you for joining me. How are you? Sure. It sounds like you're talking about some of the better schools in uh, Chicago. Five out of 100 can read at it. Well, it's it, it, it's a staggering thing that for me, and you know, I my kids are adults, young adults now, and I did what I thought was the best at the time. I sent them to private schools, and my wife and I worked and toiled, and you know, we paid up ex- exorbitant fees. So we thought until I was learning what people in Chicago are paying per pupil. Right now in Chicago, per pupil, it's thirty thousand dollars per pupil, and five out of one hundred kids. That's that's a statistic can read at grade level in in more than one. In fact, it's closer to 30% of the Chicago public school systems. There isn't an amount of failure that the government will recognize. So this will continue to get worse. But if we need the country to get better, it's only going to come from people who are educated to stay away from the pitfalls of collectivism and government supremacy, which is all that's taught in these schools. Because there's billions, hundreds of billions of dollars at stake. There are making a tremendous amount of money underperforming, but that's the goal as I see it, because the dumber a society is, the more susceptible they are to voting Democrat. How do you see it? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, one school in Chicago that spends over $48,000 a year per student, and they have zero students at grade level in math and reading. Uh, so Zero? The, zero. Not, not a single student in their entire school at one of the public schools, and the, they are spending $48,000 per year. There's 50 public schools in Chicago that have zero students at grade level. I think it's 80% of students can't do math at grade level and 73% at can't read at grade level in all of the Chicago schools. So just like anything that the government controls, uh, kicks the parents out of and spends exorbitant amount of money on, it's an utter failure. And so all these kids are learning is to be dependent on the government for handouts, for all the way of their lives, they're not learning how to read, they're not learning how to write, they're not how, they don't know how to do math, so how are they going to vote on good economic policies, right? They're going to vote for communism and things that feel good and sound good, things that have failed throughout history, and that's ultimately the goal is to have a, you know, a subservient, publicly educated class that will do whatever the experts tell them to do. You know, uh, Robert, I've thought for years now from watching what's going on in my once great city, that it, that's virtually impossible to have zero. It's virtually impossible to have five. So I've come to the conclusion that means the teachers can't read either. And as you watch the news and you see the teacher strikes and you hear them try to articulate sentences, you realize the teachers are morons as well. And this leads me to the only conclusion. We've been doing this wrong forever uh, in, in, in Chicago, but in this country, when you really think about it, after all, we're turning over our kids to people we really don't know, but we have this image in our head of teachers that were all educated and wonderful and wanted the best for society and they wanted to spend time with the individual kids. That's not really the system of public schools, is it? Uh, 200-year experiment It is not historically how any educated society has uh, gone about education. It's all been, you know, 
tutor based, uh, been, you know, experiential based, has been based on the kids, you know, learning the basics and passing on the heart of culture to the next generation. And so, uh, you know, really putting kids into brick square buildings that look like prisons, putting 30 of them in a room with one teacher is a brand new experiment out of the industrial revolution designed to create people that will push a button for eight hours a day to make the corporate elites rich. And so it is not a, it's nothing designed for the human flourishing. It's not designed for the students. The leftists infiltrated the teachers colleges in the seventies. And so even if you have a teacher who wants to do well and wants to love their students, They've been taught garbage on how to pass on knowledge to the next generation. My wife was a school teacher for 10 years, and when we started homeschooling and we started teaching her our methods, she said, they never taught me this in school. I've, I've tra- I taught for 10 years. You know, I tried to do everything I could. Of course, the administrator she was just slapping her hand because she wanted to educate the kids, and they wouldn't even let her. So it's, uh, it's a system designed to be a jobs program for young women, and uh, to redistribute the uh, wealth and create uh, really a subservient class of students. So it's, uh, it's really sad. But, hey, people say our public schools are failing. I'm telling you they are wildly successful. The people who invented this idea of public education could not imagine the ultimate success well, that they have reached with uh, zero students in many schools being at a read and write at grade level. Do you know what I realized? I was a kid in school in the 70s, and that's really when it changed. In the 70s, if a kid was a moron, they separated him. He went to a dumb class. And there were teachers that used to reward the kids that did very, very well. Now, they didn't reward them with money or they didn't, but they, they, they rewarded them with exposing them to more knowledge that maybe was beyond the grade level, but not beyond the individual. One thing that's deniable is there is no stoking of the individual standouts. In education, it's funny they have something called charter schools in Chicago, but it's not really based on the kids' ability to stand out. It's based on the parents' connection to government and their willingness to to pay in some cases or to to have uh, clout, as it's known in Chicago. So I'm wondering, even private schools kind of limit kids who are exceptional. So this came to me uh, uh, when you're really looking at the education system in the in the public school system or even in private schools. What do they do for those kids that are massively beyond their years of age, but their, their intellect is, is insatiable? They can't learn enough. The really only way you can exploit that or take advantage of that is if you are in a homeschool system, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, homeschooling allows you to spend typically two to three hours a day on the basics and uh, what you need to get done and gives you you know, five hours of each student's day back to pursue what their interests are, whether it's sports or science or reading or uh, building things or starting a business. Um, it's really a freeing lifestyle where you're not uh, having your calendar dictated by the state or school system. And, uh, you know, you might be behind in math, so you spend some extra time on that. Uh, but you love reading or, you're, you know, you love history. And so you've got time to, you know, go actually go visit a historical site or talk to a major historian that lives in your city. So it's uh, education that's an elite education, but any parent can give it to them. You don't even have to high, have a high school degree to be a successful homeschool parent. You just have to love your child and want them to be educated well and uh, just pursue education with them because uh, really a good education 
isn't necessarily about, you know, being able to repeat everything that the government's told you to repeat, but being able to have a love of learning, to want to learn, to know how that process works. And home education is that because parents don't know everything, but parents and students together uh, can engage in a topic and uh, go figure out how to, how to study and learn together, which is, you know, a key component of being successful in college and why colleges are actively recruiting homeschool students across this nation. Well, that's kind of something that I find very interesting. In Chicago recently, we have a, a, a Chicago Public School Union uh, leech that now took over as mayor. And it's funny because they wanted to weaken the security in public schools. And the one thing that's undeniable in the city of Chicago is that schools are more of a recruiting for street gangs because it's kind of a Lord of the Flies version. And there's now a move to take security out and police out. But the gangs flourish in schools. So I'm wondering, wouldn't this be a much better approach if you are, unfortunately, by logistics, trapped in a very bad location to send a kid to school? Because what are the statistics of homeschoolers that are addicted to drugs or in street gangs? Do you have any stats? Uh, I, I'm assuming it's, it's extremely low. I mean, when we run stats on you know going to college, on being uh, successful community members as adults, uh, homeschoolers outperform private schools and uh, public school students on all of those social metrics. You know, staying off welfare, uh, you know, staying employed, uh, just all of those things homeschoolers don't necessarily deal with. Of course, there's always an anomaly uh, that's out there. You know, we're not sinless. We all we all, yeah. all make mistakes. Um, but yeah, those aren't things that we're dealing with. And uh, like you said, I mean, 40, per, this is in the United States, 40% of students say that they're bullied at school. 30% say they're sexually harassed. I imagine Chicago is higher in both of those. And think about it, only 20% can do math at grade level, and about 27% can read at grade level. So you're more likely to get bullied at school or sexually harassed than you are to learn to read or do math. Well, one thing that's that's undeniable is that if you're going to combat those as an individual, you have to have the confidence in your own character to do it, right? When you're being bullied or intimidated or harassed of any kind, it's what you believe in yourself that allows you to resist that and to not become victim of it. And it's funny as you watch, um, I had the, the opportunity to judge a, uh, and I did not know at the time it was a homeschool event. It was students that were going to, um, they were going to debate the electoral college system. So when I went wow. to the event, I didn't realize it was kids as young as nine. And the, the age limit was 14. And I was watching these young kids debate this. And it was a, a debate that they were articulating that you would see in law school. And I'm thinking to myself, how did this happen? And you realize it's because they were never intimidated by peers. They were never turned over to a system like you correctly described, a prison, where it's Lord of the Flies and the, the strong intimidate the weak. And it was through them and the, the lack of being exposed to that pressure that they were able to expand their intellect. And that's when I decided, you know, we've been doing this wrong. But the good news is, after COVID, this is catching on. In fact, your industry is exploding, isn't it? Yeah, we've grown, uh, or the homeschool industry has grown about 60% uh, since after COVID. There was uh, about 2 million students being homeschooled before COVID. Uh, they say there's about 4 million now, uh, could be more. And parents realize, you know, that uh, their kids were not getting educated in the system and are taking it uh, in their own hands to educate them. And, you know, you don't have to 
be, uh, you know, an expert at anything. You don't have to have a college degree, but uh, you just have to say, look, we're going to learn. It's going to be important. I always like to remind people, Ben Carson, uh, you know, our, one of our most brilliant brain doctors in the world, uh, his mom had a third grade education, and she basically homeschooled him at night by making him read and write book reports. Even though she couldn't read those books herself or read what he wrote, she would pretend to read the book. Well, he read it at the same time. So all it takes is a mom or a dad and a will, and uh, anyone can homeschool. So it's not, uh, you know, we see people in our program at Classical Conversations without even high school degrees, and their kids are getting full-ride scholarships to colleges, um, a college that they didn't even go to college, but they're educating the students so well that they're getting full rides to colleges. So um, the system has lied to parents. They've lied to our communities. They only want power to themselves. And, hey, if everyone just pulled their kids out of public school today, we could end this monstrosity and get about half of our tax dollars back. Well, you know what's happening, too, is with this massive move for artificial intelligence, you're already seeing kids that we knew, we've knew we known for the last 10 years. They were Googling homework. They weren't doing their homework. And when you see the, the AI come out, what I think public schools will do is they will always rig the system so it doesn't expose just how bad it's failing because now it's very bad. So as AI comes in, they're going to teach kids how to use AI rather than teach them how to actually think or to be inquisitive, or to be suspicious. And, you know, I came to this conclusion when I love history. And when you you have an opportunity to read the letters of what is now considered completely uneducated or undereducated between the soldiers that were fighting in the Civil War, most of whom were teenagers, and you look at the thoughts they had, and the, they were able to express it, and the the beautiful way in which they were inquisitive about not just the war, but the philosophy of life itself. And then you turn on the news in Chicago, and you watch these morons. Uh, w- w- if anything, we're far dumber than we've ever been at any time in American history. That's how I view it. Do you, uh, when you're teaching kids, do you often go back to history and show them the Federalist Papers and show them the letters of the Civil War, the founders, and how they communicated with each other? Is this something you teach your kids to do? Because that's not being taught in Chicago public schools, I can assure you. Yes. Oh, the classical method, which means we don't read what some woke professor thinks about the Civil War. We go back and read those you know, those papers, we read the Federalist Papers, we read the Constitution, we do mock trials, we do debates, um, we go back and see what Plato said about education and about life and philosophy. So we take the great books, the the original writings uh, written by some of the most brilliant minds in the last 4,000 years, and we try to imitate and learn from them and see, you know, what ideas that they had that were good and produced uh, quality societies, which of their ideas failed and create misery in society. And so we go back to the original works uh, from uh, all the great thinkers uh, throughout, uh, you know, start introducing them even in grammar school, uh, but then really explore it in middle school and high school. Well, I think this is wonderful. And as this explodes... Yeah, there are there are such pe- people can take advantage of the fact that if they don't have the time to do it themselves, there are small groups that still are considered homeschooling. Correct. So, in other words, you could you could you could be a group of uh, five friends, and say you have twelve kids, you could still be considered a homeschooler if only two or three of the groups of parents decide to teach the kids. Can't you? Yeah, there's a lot of flexibility on homeschooling. Um, you know, some of the States have different laws, but yeah, you don't have to be the primary educator uh, all five days or seven days a week. You can rotate with other families. You can have other families into your house. Um, 
you can homeschool at night. Uh, you can homeschool, you know, early in the morning to fit your lifestyle. You can homeschool on the weekend. So it's really freeing. It's a freeing lifestyle um, that, uh, you know, makes it so that you don't have to uh, obey any authorities who've overstepped their bounds and just proven time and time again how inept they are. Now, Robert, a friend of mine homeschools his kids, and he was able to take advantage of athletics in the public school. There used to be a program in Illinois that allowed homeschoolers to participate in athletics in Illinois. But because Illinois is a corrupt bastion of Marxism, the teachers' unions have clamped down on that, and they've rejected uh, homeschools uh, with athletics in, in certain areas of, of the once great state, now Marxist hub called it Illinois. Are you seeing this happen throughout the Democrat-run states? Yeah, I mean, each state has different rules, and plus there's a lot of homeschool teams now. Um, you know, some of, I think one of the top ten baseball players played on a homeschool baseball team and was homeschooled. I know two of the top 15 golfers in the state of North Carolina where Classical Conversations is headquartered. Uh, they're in our program. They just signed D1 scholarships. So a lot of athletes are homeschooling them, are being homeschooled, some of them taking advantage of public school programs, some of them on homeschool teams or even in like local private schools joining their teams and playing in their leagues. So again, I would just say, you know, these kids are getting educated. They're putting education first and they're still being great athletes getting full rides either academically or through sports. Um, so homeschooling doesn't limit, limit those opportunities either. The only hard sports really football. And we all know the concussion issues with football. Yes. Robert Bortons, I really appreciate you taking time. I had the pleasure of talking to your mother a while ago and, um, you know, you are the prime example of why people should consider homeschooling their kids. It's called Classical Conversations, but what's the name of the site where people can go to take a look at everything? Yeah, so go to classicalconversations.com to find out all about uh, what we do. Put in your zip code. We have communities near you. We meet once a week with a trained parent tutor, so you don't have to know anything about homeschooling. We'll take care of it, uh, help you get started, and uh, classicalconversations.com, and we're on all, all the social media except for TikTok. We're not on that crap. Good. If, this, if, if we do survive this, <laughs> yeah, no, thank God. If we do survive this tidal wave of collectivism, it will be because of generations that are going uh, through the learning process right now. I mean, I think what you're doing is really, there's no way to quantify what the possibilities are, but you at least give me a sense of optimism. Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you. Yeah. yeah. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. How have we gotten to this collectivist mafia we call a government? I mean, how are we here? All this is is the same Marxism, communism, that destroyed everywhere it touched. Listen to Eric Adams today. We're saving approximately $600,000 a, a month, $7.2 million uh, a year by giving individuals a card that allows them to buy food or baby supplies, spending thirteen dollars $10,000 for illegal aliens. When you listen to this and then you realize what's going on to Americans, the largest healthcare provider in Colorado is also one of the most active when it comes to suing patients. Thousands of lawsuits every year have sent UC Health patients from the hospital room to county courtrooms. Tonight, Nine News reporter Chris Vanderveen continues his investigation into UC Health's billing practices. 
He spent a morning inside one of those courtrooms to get a better idea of what's really going on. What's going on is they're suing American patients and they're giving away services to illegal aliens. New York, homeless, Chicago, homeless, illegal aliens. They get apartments, $10,000 cards in New York, 2500 in Chicago. What the hell is going on? It's the education system. Clearly, it's the education system that's tolerating this destruction of American principles. Because after all, America is the richest and the youngest because it's the only country built on the rights of you, not the government. This whole damn government is unconstitutional. Brendan Naperville. Hey, Sean, how are you? Good, Brendan, how are you? Good, good. So I'm an ex-liberal who uh, liked the ideals. I'm much more libertarian now. COVID, kinda, COVID and Bitcoin brought me, brought me through. Um, but I like the conversation about the education system. I've got kids and I'm paying a buttload of taxes out in Naperville for this great, it's supposed to be a great system, but I'm watching it. They, they're dumbing it down because they have to, because the kids can't do the work. And everybody says it's the devices. Uh, and I think that there's a more sinister explanation, though. I think their IQ is down. Well, because the, the devices could be useful if they're used properly, right? And Brendan, yeah, it's a tool. This is the thing that I, I, I I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a real liberal. I'm a progressive. I want to progress. They don't. You know, it's a funny thing, uh, the way in which you, you research how the phony virtue shield of Democrat or liberal has been used to sneak in this gangster government. I mean, it. Joe Biden isn't a Democrat. He's not a liberal. He's not a progressive. Joe Biden is a gangster. What's the saying that the, the, the idea to save the world is almost always a front for the idea to rule the world? Oh, I love that. Save the world. So, so, but the thing with the kids, we're talking, this is like the long game. If I could tell you you want to rule the world, you know, if you wanted to have a globalist government or however you want to describe it, and you could just lower the intelligence of the entire population and make it much more malleable and much easier just to control... I mean, it's, it's a little bit of conjecture, but here's my thesis, because I'm watching it in front of me. I got kids that are struggling with basic cognitive things, and I'm like, wait a second. You know, this doesn't make any sense. When you, when you look at what the drug industry has done to the vaccination schedule over the last 30 years, they've tripled it. They've yeah. turned big particles of aluminum into nanoparticles of aluminum that, that can penetrate the blood-brain barrier of an infant and cause either small or big brain inflammations. And you, and you fast forward 15 years and these kids are committing suicide, they're anxious, they're depressed, they can't handle basic stress, and they can't cognate, they can't solve problems. You talked about this, you know, reading what, what the, you know, these teenagers are, were writing in the Civil War, having high-level thought processes. And it's like, and yes, the devices don't help, but I'm watching it. I talk to teachers and they're astounded, like especially teachers that have been teaching, you know, they're older and they've been teaching since the 80s. And they yeah. watched it, and it's frightening. Do you know and what you'd maybe love? Maybe there's other things. You would love the book I'm in the middle of. And I'm going to have the author on. I want to get through the book first. It's called The Indoctrinated Brain. It's out now. It came out in December. You will love it. It's exactly what you're talking about. And this is a, this is a, a, a doctor who has studied this for decades. And not only that, when you, when you go back to, to my era of raising kids, there was that massive push to get kids onto drugs. There was no drugs when I was a kid. If a kid was hyper, you threatened them with going to the dummy class. In, the, in the fact, that's how you made so many kids that became very successful in life. But this is a different world 
where you've, you've, you've stupefied and drugged and dumbed down society. That's the explanation for where we're at and what you did to my once well, great the city. Drug, the drugs are the second, I think the drugs are the second step of the process, Sean. I think the first step is why do they need drugs is because the brain isn't working. Something's going on in the brain and these parents with all the best of intentions are like something's ter- terribly wrong. Yeah. And so they, they go to turn to the medical system and they say, okay, what do we do? And they say, well, you know, in size matters. Like I was, I'm, I'm in my forties now. I was in school in the eighties and the nineties. And it's like, yeah, there's a few kids that are having some problems right now. One out of 36 kids have autism. One in five have an IEP, which means they're not just know. like, oh, maybe they just need a little boost. To, no, their brain ain't working right. They can't cognate. And that's not because they just need to be, you know, pushed a little harder. No, there's something, there's something has gotten into the brain and it's unplugging it. And that's, I mean, it's a, it's a complicated subject to call it the vaccines, but that's, if, that's what it seems to be. If you that's buy the book, get into the bloodstream. if you buy the book and you don't like it, I'll buy it from you. We got a deal? No, I'm sh- I'm sure it's great. I'm, I'm right. sure that I mean it's it's a multi pronged approach. We got to we. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, I was a bio major. I you know I look at things from a from biological systems. It's like yeah, if you inject people with aluminum, <laughs> you know, because the, the the needle penetrates the blood, the skin and it gets your gut and your skin keep all that stuff out of your out of your brain. Like it's the, yeah. specifically that needle. You can eat a bunch of terrible food, and it takes decades for that stuff to build up in your body. Our yeah. kids are at, at the age of two. They they, they don't talk. So they, they lose their ability to, you know. To, Thank to, God to, we're old. So. You make me feel good about being born I, in the 60s. I appreciate you very much. And uh, it also reminds me of why we need to finish the last clip. The, these rubbery clots that can be an inch long or can be up to 30 inches long are there and have been pulled out of the arterial systems and the venous systems of dead bodies. And there's some anecdotal... No, he didn't say wiener system squirrel. Get your mind out of the gutter. ...reports of them being pulled out of living bodies by surgeons as well. But we know for sure in, in about 20% of dead bodies. And these didn't occur prior to 2020. So previous... What happened after that? Oh, the vaccine. Yes, I know you thought you, they said wiener systems. And then you want to play a Kamala Harris clip. I'm not going to go down that road, even though it's Friday. Pat Lombard. Well, I'm so glad, Sean, that you're bringing this uh, homeschooling to the forefront. Uh, I can only say that our family homeschooled from the third and fifth grade right through high school, and now my kids are making over hundred grand a year. So it, it it kept them from returning to me with until they had two other children of each for each of them. So. One of the biggest things with homeschooling for us was my kid came home with a uh, paper with arithmetic on it that said three times five and give me your answer and tell me how you feel about it. Well, her answer <laughs> was 18. No, her this was outcome-based education, and her answer was 18. And she said, said oh, I feel good about my answer. So they gave her the they gave her a correct answer on that, and oh, that just frosted me, you know, versus sex and math, for example, which is straight up, you know, three times five is 15. I run a business, and I'm like, if you're going to make change at the front of my business, you got to know how much money to give back to somebody. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, another situation yeah. is we joined. Yeah, I gave away 500, but I feel good about it. That's not going to work. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, how they, that's how they get away with it, you know. Then here's another thing, like biology class. So I have a, here I have, in this homeschool group, I volunteer to teach biology. I order this kit. kit. They send me a pig, a small one, uh, a worm, and a grasshopper, 
and and they say you know a whole pin up pin them up you know cut them pin them back so here i have five young ladies in my garage with my their families and we're literally pinning back you know uh, biology in in my garage you know so it can't be done our yeah. family uh signed up to the uh, uh there's a a Christian in Arlington Heights, like a Christian homeschool mm-hmm. that is either in the school or out. But the biggest thing is the accreditations. Like we mm-hmm. sent our test into a another Clonlara University, it's called, yeah. to grade our papers to make sure it was right. So when my kid walked up, she had a transcript to hand to that college and say, let us in. You know, I yeah. another thing, like you were saying before, what they teach them, like I taught my kids, look, assume that you're in charge until somebody tells you you're not. Exactly. I got one question for you, because you know, i got to take cream puff, Jim. i got one question. Was yeah. the grasshopper in that, in that little kit a Democrat? Do you know how you know? Did the grasshopper eat the worm and try to have sex with the pig? Because then it's a Democrat grasshopper. Thank you very much. Cream puff, Jim, you ate the worm, yeah. and you tried to have sex with a pig, haven't you? I, I, I had uh, Mescal uh, with a with a real good Mexican out in the woods one day. Him and his wife, oh, they, they were. It's a family show. Just no, so but they're they're they were illegal immigrants. They were illegal immigrants. They were illegal immigrants. They didn't speak a word of English. We laughed. I was on the floor, on the floor, the floor, yeah. laughing like a fiend. But yeah. I can say measles. Uh, Florida's a petri dish now. Measles are back like a maniac daughter. What about yellow fever? What about yellow fever? And uh, what was the other smallpox? Is that coming back in Florida? We put mustard on it and eat it. And the nice thing about hanging around with Cream Puff, Jim, is you don't have to speak English to have a good time with him. Phil in Tinley Park. Oh, a Cream Puff lead-in. I feel honored. (laughs) Yeah, he's got his own segment. Go ahead. You know... There was something you you were hot about it about a month ago, and I just wanted to let it cool. But you know, there was this well, this, this Muslim guy mur- murdered his, all the women in his killed family all the here. women in his family, left his son alive. The thing is, I, it's it's a it's it's a long story. I'll try to make it as brief as I can. But they, I'm not making excuses. No, I read the, I read what he said. They made fun of him and they ridiculed him. I I, I read what he said. The, the thing that you have oh, to understand. I didn't even. Oh, I my theory. It. Look, there's maybe five thousand Palestinians around here. They opened a a mosque about twenty years ago. People were there with pitchforks and torches, and I would have been one of them. But it's a next town over, Orland, not my town. I don't. Still, I don't you know, do that. I don't condemn people. I condemn the. I condemn the zealots who are Sharia. Well. I think 2002, though, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, read the room. But, you know, no. they signed all the right – they did the paperwork. They got the the, the property. That's that's 20 years ago. They they have – I've got a dentist. I've got people that do my taxes, lots of friends. This isn't directed at them. But a lot of these guys, one of them told me I saved every everything I had to get – to get the limo license, or and now you see a limo. Like, every one of you, if you see a limo around here in someone's driveway, not not active – they got screwed over by, they came here, and then as soon as they come here, guess what? Uber. So now you've got, I don't know where their dads are. I was talking to these boys. They're out here acting like wild animals. And, you know, but at the same time, the way they talk, these kids, they talk like they're, 
um, entitled now. See, that, that lefty it's... stuff is leaking into and mixing with, you know, you know the Muslim thing, and it's, it's worrisome because these boys, so, I don't think they have a... Some, yeah. of the, some of the Muslims in my life are, are, are wonderful, wonderful people. There's a difference. They're not zealots. They wouldn't make yep. their wives walk around in a beekeeper costume. They would never think no. to mutilate their own daughters or, 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 or not let their, the women in their lives read. There's a difference. I condemn the zealots. The problem is the zealots get the attention. And that's the problem. When the government starts to protect the zealots of anything, that's a problem, in particular in a religion that um, has a history of a lot, a lot of beheadings and problems, you know. Now there's a second question. Think of something wicked that only a believer would be likely to do. Or something wicked that only a believer would be likely to say. You've already thought of it. The suicide bombing community is entirely religious. The genital mutilation community is entirely religious. I wouldn't say that the child abuse community is entirely religious. I wouldn't. But it's bidding to be entirely religious. He's right. And he's talking about zealots. He's talking about Sharia, people that would beat their own wives and daughters. There's not people to make accommodations for. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, the answer. AM560, the answer. You're going to party like a Ukrainian uh, lobbyist, bro? Yeah? Do me a favor, just don't party like one of those Islamo-Nazi pilots. Aloha, snack. Allahu Akbar! Allahu Akbar! He died like a dog. He died like a coward. He was whimpering, screaming and crying. And frankly, I think it's something that should be brought out so that his followers and all of these young kids that want to leave various countries, including the United States, tomorrow if he doesn't end up in prison or in the grave. Matt Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean, happy Friday to you. You know, I wanted to make a comment about one of your last callers there. I worked with a gentleman uh, who was fit as fit can be, and when he told me he had a heart attack last year after getting his second booster, I couldn't believe it. I said, what's the difference? He said, the shot. He said, when they did an open heart surgery, this is a 46-year-old guy, uh, when they uh, opened him up for his bypass surgery, they found lengths of blockages one to three inches long in three different arteries. This Dr. Campbell, I've been watching him for three years. He's been talking about it for two. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Matt, yeah, who I feel bad for, the guys who wanted to feed their family and they were threatened to lose their job. By government! The fascistic, totalitarian Fourth Reich. We sadly refer to as government. How much time I got, Squirrelly? Michael Crown Point. Hey, uh, I just wanted to um, talk about the last segment you were talking about as far as uh, Islam. Um, I'm in my early... 20s and um you know just from seeing everything on social media and speaking to people um that are christian i feel um they gravitate towards the, uh you know converting over to islam just from the fact and personally my opinion 
um, just because, you know, when, when you look at them, they, they're steadfast to their beliefs, um, to the core. You know, they are a little bit more conservative, and I feel as a Christian myself, we're kind of losing that way and not really being steadfast on our, you know, on, on as far as our beliefs and uh, holding that into our society. So um, just want to put that Michael, out there. I, I appreciate that, and I think it could all be solved if people just read some philosophy. I really do. Because once you read uh, Aristotle and you understand the, the, the founding of our nation, but more importantly, the principle that rejected totalitarianism around the world, you understand that only with a philosophy can you have a good quality of life. It's the only way. Uh, when people start telling you that other people have to die so you can be prosperous, that's to me a little bit too far. Uh, when do people have the philosophy of Americanism? That's what made not just people rich. It's not about rich. It's about free from abuse, free from totalitarianism, free to make their own decisions, which our government took away from us in a bipartisan fashion. Instead of investigating who the hell created it, they tried to cover it up. And when we talk about the vaccine, there's some things we need to know. Obviously, you had never heard of. Um, in 2020, some people saw very small numbers, but then lots in 2021, 2022, 2023. As someone because we were unmoored from the principles that made our nation what it was. The land of the free and the home of the brave. It's not like that anymore, but it can be, especially when we remember what it is. Cue the music, Squirrel, and everybody have a great weekend. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight for the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.